0: The Torah, when talking about which animals are kosher or not, says that there are four types of kosher grasshoppers, and the rest are not kosher. So says the Mishnah shenich If non-kosher grasshoppers were pickled together with kosher grasshoppers. Says the Mishnah, it does not matter how much of the kosher ones there are, how much of the non-kosher ones there are, Either way, the brine and the liquid which exudes from the grasshoppers, when they are pickled, the non-kosher grasshoppers do not invalidate the brine which comes from the kosher grasshoppers, and therefore they remain kosher. The brine remains kosher. And the reason for this is because the liquid which comes out of grasshoppers is not blood, and it's not really so significant either, it's mere moisture. And so they have a very, very faint taste, which means that as soon as they are mixed with something else, permitted brine, they will be nullified and become part of that permitted brine, and therefore in this case the brine would be permitted still. However, Heidei ibn took this much further and he testified, al tzir chagon about the brine and the liquid which comes out of non-kosher grasshoppers, that even if they're not mixed with anything else, shehutar, it's kosher itself. Because according to Rabbi Tzadok, the brine is not really anything. It's like water which comes out of the animal. It's just moisture, and therefore it itself is considered kosher, so even if it's not mixed with something else, it would still be kosher. Now the Yerushalmi notes that Rabbi Tzedek doesn't say that it's permitted, or that it's kosher, rather he says it's Tahar, it's pure. And the Yerushalmi explains that Rabbi Tzedek is saying not only that the brine is kosher, but is telling us another halacha with regards to Tuma and Tahara. The halalcha is that something can only become tome, a food can only become tome, if it has come into contact with one of seven different liquids. And one of those seven liquids is water. So by Rabbi saying that this moisture, this liquid which comes from non-kosher grasshoppers, is pure, he is also telling us that if food comes into contact with that liquid, it still cannot become tome, because this is not one of the seven liquids, even though it's moisture, so it's a bit like water. It is not considered like one of the liquids and therefore, even once food has come into contact with that liquid, it still cannot become tomei. Mishnah Yud, we now return to the subject of truma being mixed with chulin, and in general, when two vegetables are pickled together, in general, they do not absorb each other's tastes. It's only when one of the vegetables are very sharp or has a very strong taste, then they might give off their taste. So the Mishnah says that, All types of vegetables which are pickled together, and we're talking about where one of the vegetables is trimmer and one of them is chulin. Mutom they are permitted, meaning that the chulin vegetable remains a chulin vegetable, and is permitted, therefore, even to non carnim Elohim echosis, except for when one of the vegetables is a chosis, which refers to the family of onions and garlic, the plants which grow with a bulb, and typically have a very sharp and strong taste. In this situation, they definitely give off their taste. So if the truma vegetable is one of the chosseis, one of those types of vegetables, those bulb plants, then it will give off its taste to the chulin, and therefore the chulin will become like a meduma, and therefore only onukani will be able to eat it. So the mission elaborates: and truma. If both the chulin vegetable and the truma vegetable was a chosis, so let's say they were both onions, a yorokchal chulin and choseshal truma, or if the chulin vegetable was a v- was a regular vegetable, but the truma vegetable was a chosis, then aser the chulin becomes forbidden because in both these cases the truma was a chosis. But if the chulin vegetable was a Chasis, and the Truma vegetable was not a Chasis, so then it might be true that the Truma absorbs some of the chulin taste, but since the Truma was not a vegetable, the chulin did not absorb from the Truma, and therefore mutter the chulin remains permitted even for non-Koanim. Now according to the opinion of this Mishnah, it's only when the vegetables are pickled together that we assume that they do not give off each other's taste, unless it's a Chasis. However, if the vegetables were cooked together, then all vegetables do give off their taste, and therefore would make the other vegetable, the chulin vegetable, forbidden. However, Mishnah Yud Aleph will show us that not everybody agrees with this, because Rabbi says that in general, vegetables do not absorb tastes very easily. So in general, if vegetables are cooked together, they will be permitted. There's only one exception, says Rabbi Yaisi. <laughs> only chulin vegetables which are nishlokim which either means it was overcooked, or it means it was undercooked, with turodim, which are a type of beets, a type of vegetable with quite large roots. So only in that case asurim surim would the chulin become forbidden for non-kohanim, because the beets give off their taste, even to vegetables which usually do not absorb taste. But all other vegetables, if they are either undercooked or overcooked together, then they will be permitted. So, kontrabyoisi not only are vegetables which are pickled together permitted, but even vegetables which are overcooked or undercooked would be permitted. Now, Rabbi Shimon agrees with Rabbi Yasi that in general, if vegetables are either overcooked or undercooked together, then they remain permitted because they do not absorb taste from each other. However, Rabbi Shimon adds another exception to this rule, where it would become forbidden, and whereas the example of Rabbi Yasi was with beets, and Rabbi Yasi said that the beets give off a taste, that's known as pylate, where it gives taste to other things. Rabbi Shimon's example would be something which is Boileia, which means that it absorbs the taste. And these are two very important terms with regards to Tarivus. Pileit, which means it gives off a taste to other things, towards other things. Whereas Boileia means it absorbs taste from other things. So what is that example? Rabbi Shimon says, Keruvshul Shikya, a cabbage which grew in a field which was watered other than by the rain. Certain fields don't need to be watered, the rain is enough, whereas other fields, p- typically when quite dry produce is growing in there, they need to be watered as well manually. So a cabbage which grew in such a field, which was cooked together with in Krivshel Baal, a cabbage which grew in a field which was just, relied just on rainwater, and in this case, the one which relied just on rainwater was the trimmer, and the one which needed to be watered was Chulin, also, the khulam becomes forbidden because it absorbs the taste from the other cabbage, and the reason for this is because the cabbage which grew in the field which was watered a lot, the reason why it was watered a lot is because it's drier, and things which are drier are more likely to absorb taste from wetter and more moist things, and as such, says Rabbi Shimon, this cabbage is very likely to absorb the taste from the other cabbage, and so it does become forbidden because it has now absorbed to taste. Now, Abiyahuda argues on this last point, because according to Abiyahuda, if a forbidden food which is mixed with a permitted food is the same type of food as the permitted food, so for example if they're both cabbages, then we don't consider the permitted food to have absorbed any taste from the forbidden food, because it wouldn't have changed taste, so the fact that it's mixed with something else which is forbidden is insignificant because it has exactly the same taste, so it is not being affected by the forbidden food. And Sra. B. says that Any of the same type of food which are mixed together and cooked together are permitted, except for one thing, except for meat, if kosher meat is mixed with non-kosher meat of the same type, then we do consider the meat to properly absorb the taste of the forbidden meat. Meat absorbs taste very easily. And therefore, though they're the same type, the meat would become forbidden. And the name which we call two of the same types of food is min Baminoi. When something is mixed with the same type of food, just that the other type is forbidden. Now, commenting on what Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda cites an exception. So this has a very this mission has a very interesting structure where each opinion is building on the previous opinion. Rabbi Elchim Benuri agrees with Rabbi Yehuda that min Baminoi does not become forbidden, but with regards to meat, it does become forbidden. However, there's one type of meat, according to Rabbi that if it's min-beminoi, if kosher meat of that type is mixed with non-kosher meat of the same type, then it is still permitted because it does not absorb the taste. And what is that example? HaKovid says Menuri, liver Rebiyach Menuri, It forbids other things, but it does not become forbidden itself. Meaning that liver does not absorb taste from other things. It only gives off taste. So it's not belea, it does not absorb the taste but it is pilate. it does give off the taste. And that's exactly what the Mishnah says, Meshi paletes, because it gives off the taste for but it does not absorb taste. And therefore, if, let's say, tr- um, kosher liver was mixed with non-kosher regular meat, because the kosher meat is liver, it does not absorb from the non-kosher meat, so it would remain permitted. However, if the non-kosher meat was the liver, and the kosher meat was regular meat, so the kosher meat does absorb from the liver, and therefore in that case, it would be forbidden. Mishnah base final Mishnah of the Peric, and we're going to discuss, again, a specific type of food, and this time it is very much boiléa. It absorbs things very easily, and that is, beitza. an egg, when an egg is cooked, even if the shell is whole and it's not cracked at all, tastes, and as we will see, spices can be absorbed through the shell and into the egg. So the mission says that if an egg is cooked together with forbidden spices, so for example, let's say trimmer spices, which are forbidden for non-coronem, Says the Meshna, even the yolk of the egg is forbidden, because it absorbs the taste of the spices, even through the egg and through the white of the egg. That's how absorbent and belea an egg is, such that the entire egg will become forbidden, even if the spices were only on the outside of the shell of the egg. And the Mishnah ends off with something we alluded to a few Mishnahes ago as well, that, Water in which Truma was either cooked or pickled, and then the Truma was removed, that water itself, asum Lazorim, is forbidden for non-karnim because the water certainly has the taste of the Truma inside of it, so even though in general water cannot be Truma, water is always permitted for anybody, Once trim has been put inside the water and cooked in it, or pickled in it, it has certainly left behind part of its taste, and therefore Zorim may not eat that water.